Well, good morning, Heather. Good morning, Bob. Uh, it's been a hell of a week. Not easy. I mean, uh, the, the Roe decision, uh, and it was a decision, a leak, obviously, but it's a decision. It hurts not only women, it hurts the court. It's such another, it's just another example of this country institutionally just falling apart. And I have a lot of questions about that, about the politicization of the court, about the fact that you actually went to law school. I have questions about that. I went to law school, law school with Clarence Thomas. Yes. And I, <laughs> I, I don't know if I've ever told you, I had class, in fact, several classes with Clarence Thomas and Hillary Rodham in those days mm -hmm. uh, and Bill Clinton. And uh, a lot of the classes were about what we now call and what we understand to be, particularly after Rose Starry Decisis, that is the precedent. Uh, the professors would ask a question and say, well, this is the law. This is the way the courts have decided something up till now. What do you think the courts ought to do about? And then would give a hypothetical example. And Hillary's hand was always the first in the air, mm -hmm. always the first. She was, she, and she, when she was called on, she'd have a perfect perfect example. I was half the time, you know, I put my hand in the air and half the time I, I got it right and, and half the time I was off to lunch. Um, Clarence Thomas never, never said a single word in class. Wow. I don't think he understood the concept of stare decisis, that there is precedent and you, a court is bound to it. He obviously has not <laughs> exemplified right. it. Um, and of course, Bill Clinton was never in class. He was... <laughs> He was, it. he was he was out politicking. Now, when, but tell me the timing of when Roe was handed down. Well, we were in law school at that time. Okay. This was in 72. We were there, all of us. I remember talking about it because interestingly, uh, most of the students, and this is Yale Law School, uh, most of us were on the left generally, but there was concern that Roe was not grounded in enough constitutional uh, verbiage that it didn't that it was not really there in the Constitution. Um, the court conjured up a privacy right, and most of us agreed with it, uh, thought it was the right decision, but were a little bit nervous about it. Uh, and all I can say, Heather, is you've had Roe as the law of the land for fifty years. I mean, you could have, you know, in nineteen seventy-two, you might have picked some bones with it, but if you have a decision that has been the law for 50 years uh, for the court, for the five members of the court who are the conservative members, three of whom were obviously put there by uh, a, a, a president who lost the popular vote, who was impeached twice, who, who orchestrated a, a, a raid on the United States Capitol, who still hasn't conceded the, the 2020 election. I mean, to, to, to overrule uh, a precedent, 50 years, uh, is just, it's not only wrong, it undermines the whole uh, rule of law. It, it basically says, and we've had too much of this from Trump and Trumpism, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, might makes right. Uh, if I have the power, I will do what I want to do. And that's that's what Alito is, uh, is, really did with his leaked opinion. Right. And so... You also, you've argued before the Supreme Court. I have. I have. How did you know that? I've done some research. Ah, yes, I argued. Well, I was I was uh, at that time in the Justice Department, and I was a rookie. They gave me 
the sure winners or sure losers. They didn't want to take any That's chances. Funny. So, so, uh, but I remember being in awe of the Supreme Court. I mean, obviously, when you're arguing before it, it's a it's a frightening uh, uh, situation to be in. I, I at that time you had to wear a little monkey suit. You had to have a, a, a long tails mm. um, and uh, uh, striped trousers. I mean, really, it wow! Was a, it was a whole to do. Uh, and uh, no wig, no, no wig. Uh, but I, I remember looking at at uh, William O. Douglas. Uh, it was his one of his last arguments. Uh, my last argument before the court was was I think when when, when he was there, uh, he had had a stroke. Uh, I was aware of his uh, the power of William O. Douglas. I mean, he here is a man who really had influenced the court. Um, in a progressive direction, probably more powerfully than almost any single person in modern American history. Um, Harry Blackman, uh, who wrote the Roe decision, uh, uh, he, was a, he was a Republican appointee. People don't remember that. Uh, there were so many members of the court, Byron White, who was conservative, but he had been appointed by John F. Kennedy. Uh, but they respected the court. They cared about the court as an institution and the law as an institution much more than their own ideologies. I think that uh, hurts me. It, it, it hurts the country. Uh, the, the nobility of that court, as I remember it, uh, is, is now, I'm afraid, lost. And so you have more experience than so many of us um, thinking about the court arguing before the court, why is this happening? And what is, I mean, this particular branch, what is, what is going to happen? What is happening? Why is this happening? And then how can we stop it? Well, the framers of the Constitution thought of the court as the, quote, least dangerous branch, unquote, because it doesn't have the purse, that is, it, it can't appropriate money, and it doesn't have uh, the army, the, the sword. It doesn't have the ability to actually enforce anything that it uh, decides. Uh, and so the only thing it has is public trust and legitimacy, uh, the willingness essentially of the public to uh, to follow what the court says. And, and what worries me institutionally is that the court is now just filled with political hacks and everybody knows it. Uh, uh, that's going to make every single confirmation battle even worse in the future. It's already horrible, but it's going to make it even worse. Uh, and it's also going to make it, uh, I, I think, actually undermine the court's authority to the point where a president might come along and say, well, who cares? Um, you know, uh, Andrew Jackson, for example, uh, is reputed to have said, well, the court has judged, has, has made a decision, let them try to enforce it. I don't think he actually made that uh, statement. But uh, that's the attitude that I can see a future president having with a very unpopular decision. Who are you most worried about? Is it Alito? Well, Alito is the real scoundrel. Um, uh, I, I'm also obviously worried about Thomas. I mean, Thomas should have, well, he should have recused himself uh, from that decision uh, where it was very, very clear that his wife, I mean, he knew his wife was very much involved in the 2020 election and trying to overturn the 2020 election. And here's the case that came to the court uh, having to do with that particular, you know, subpoenas going out to people involved 
in uh, investigating the 2020 election, and he did not recuse himself. I, you know, that's that's the kind of thing that undermines the court. So Alito and Thomas, uh, but Gorsuch, I mean, what a, uh, again, talk about political hacks. Uh, he has not distinguished himself in any way. Uh, Barrett um, is, is, is sort of, um, you know, these are small minds. These are people that, that uh, should never, never, never have been on the court. The only reason they're on the court is because the Federalist Society put them on the court. But so, but here's the big question. Why is it the case that on average, it feels like Democrats have been outfoxed and now we're in this predicament. Why is it the case that we've gotten here? Shouldn't we have made different choices in the past? Heather, this is the biggest question I keep asking myself. It, it's not just the court. And, you know, you go back to Mitch McConnell uh, when he basically disregarded Obama's uh, uh, choice for the Supreme Court said, uh, no, we can't do it in an election year. And then obviously uh, five, you know, just days before uh, the 2020 election uh, shoves, pushes uh, Barrett uh, uh, onto the court. Uh, but it, it's also that the, the Democrats seem soft. They seem to be willing to be pushed around. Uh, the Republicans have the scorched earth policy, you know, whether you're talking about the court or uh, the filibuster or, I mean, almost anything. The, the Republicans play it hardball. Uh, why don't the Democrats? I think maybe it's because the Democrats are more institutionalist. They are, they're more worried about the procedures they want. They care about democracy and the Republicans don't care about democracy. That gives the Republicans an advantage. Uh, but it also may be because the, the Democrats just don't just don't have it in them uh, to play this kind of hardball. Um, it worries me, frankly, uh, because the Democrats are losing again and again and again. And we see the first two years of the Biden administration, uh, the Democrats basically didn't get what they wanted to get done. Uh, and it's not just because of Joe Manchin. I mean, it, it's, yes, we can say Joe Manchin and and, and cinema didn't play ball, uh, but why why weren't the Democrats able to control Manchin and Cinema? I mean, the Republicans, uh, the Republican senators act in lockstep. I mean, they they all vote together They uh, on almost everything. Uh, so why are the Democrats so, so unable to be a united front? And if the tables had been turned, do you think that the Republicans would have ended the filibuster Oh, absolutely. Yesterday, absolutely. Mean, and that's what will happen. I mean, right. my big fear is that after the midterms, uh, the Republicans will do whatever they want to uh, change the rules uh, to their advantage. That's exactly what they're going to do. That's what they did with the, with the Supreme Court, the filibuster in the Supreme right. Court. Remember, it used to be that the, the Supreme Court was not going to be, was filibustered to the Supreme Court nominees. And then, no, that was, uh, that was ended. Hmm. So I... I you know, it is depressing, uh, obviously, where we are right now. I, I keep telling uh, my students and, and young people, don't, don't be depressed. It's been worse before, and I remember when it's been worse. Uh, but there's a lot to be worried about. I was talking to one of my undergraduate students the other day, and uh, I said, uh, in fact, I asked the question sincerely, uh, what do you call, you're not Gen Z, anymore. What, what is your generation? She said, without any touch of irony, she said, well, we call ourselves the last generation. The last generation, mm. Heather. 
Uh, and I think she was t- that she was actually thinking about the environment, right, more than anything else. But um, but all of it really. She could have thought, been talking about democracy as well, right. So let's mm. let's let's let's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, let's... no. Let's end. I, I want to end on an upbeat note. Okay. Okay. You tell tell us a joke. Just a uh, joke. The no. first joke that comes to your mind. No pressure. Well. Okay. Hold on. I'm scanning. I'm scanning. I can't remember jokes. I really, really. Can't. I really can't. I. I. One of my. My desires in life was to be a stand-up comic, but I couldn't be a stand-up comic because I can't remember anything. That is funny. Okay, I have one. Okay. Ready? Oh, I'm ready. Why? Do I have to laugh? No. Okay. Um, to, to, I just want you to be honest okay. and genuine. Yeah, I will. Okay? I will be. But don't, do you have a tomato? Don't yeah, throw no, a tomato I, at me. I will throw a tomato. Um, why did the scarecrow get a promotion? Um, does it have to do the brick road? <laughs> no. Does it have to do with... You're uh, not supposed to guess. Oh. <laughs> That's not how okay. jokes work. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm treating this like a, a, quiz. Like a problem. A quiz. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. Okay. So why... Why the... did the scarecrow get a promotion? Why? Because he was outstanding in his field. Oh! <laughs> well... <laughs> I mean, thank you. Not thank the you. best, that's, that's but not what, the. It's not the worst. It's. I, you are a secretary of labor. Okay. Anyway, Heather, <laughs> it's been a pleasure. You ended up on a high note. Everybody out there, have a great weekend.